Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. <laughs> Good afternoon, I'm Michelle Lichty, and we are back with Facebook Yay. Live Sermon Discussions. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I'm here with Rob Iman. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Good to be here. So um, I am in the office today. I normally try to avoid doing these in the office because of ambient noise, but my schedule just worked out that I had to be in the office today. So I apologize for any distraction in the background. And but I, I did tell Nancy to uh, to not uh, send any messages back to us between noon and 1230. Oh, you're so smart. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Well, just the, the beeping phone could make an issue here, I think. Yeah, it sure could. I should probably check to make sure my cell phone's on silent. <laughs> oh, it that's is. What, Good. It's one I'm of my biggest of- concerns. It's like sometime on Sunday morning, it's going to be my phone that goes off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, Rob and I are here today to talk about the sermon from this past Sunday. Um, Jesus, the new temple from John chapter two, verses 13 through 22. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the first things he said in the first service, not in the second <laughs> was, um, we all have a lot of questions about this passage about Jesus clearing, clearing the temple. And well, I'll answer some of those on Facebook live. And I wrote that down and thought, I wonder what those questions are. <laughs> <laughs> You want to hear some of them? <laughs> well, I don't know how many we want to get into, but I no. think the one that um, you mentioned right before we came live is probably a good good one to um, to answer, which is why does in the Synoptic Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, and Luke, right. because they follow they follow Jesus's life in a very chron- in more of a chronological manner than. John does. He's, he organizes his gospel in a very different way than the other three. So we've got the synoptic gospels and we have John. And um, in the synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this incident happens like right before Jesus goes to the cross. And in John, here we are in John chapter two, and he's already clearing the temple. Mm-hmm. So it, did it happen twice? Is it the same incident because the way John organizes his gospel? What do the experts say? <laughs> I don't know. If we find an expert, let me know. We'll ask that person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But first of all, I, I don't think I'll, I'll be answering any questions, but I'll, I can respond to them. <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah, a fascinating question uh, when you look at it because there's no way to come down with any kind of definitive answer to say what is actually going on here. Because in one sense, you can make a great argument for both cases. For instance, um, there are elements in the first, uh, in in John's uh, account that don't show up in the synoptic accounts, um, like uh, calling it a den of robbers and my house is a house of prayer. I mean, Jesus says some things in this one he doesn't say in the other, in the other ones. Um, and it makes sense that it could be two different Passovers. And in John, there are actually three Passovers that are mentioned um, as you read through the gospel. 
um, and possibly even a fourth one. So, you know, did Jesus bookend this, um, his, his ministry with this? Uh, <clears throat> I'll go into a little more detail. This is the only one that says it's taken 46 years to build this. So if we, if we take 46 years, starting date was around 19 BC, 46 years would put us at about 27 BC, it's 27 AD, which then if you think about Jesus being born at three BC, which is likely when he was born, not at zero. I mean, that, mm -hmm. didn't nail that one. That puts this at Jesus was 30 years old when he did this, which is oh, about the time when he started. So you look at it and go, wow, there are some strong reasons to say that this really is a, a temple cleansing that happened first off. And then in Mark chapter three, there's a, there's a delegation that's sent down from Judea to check up on Jesus. What prompted them to come down? Uh, was it just the fact that Jesus was teaching great things in Galilee? Or did he do something at one point in time mm. that riled the leaders a little bit? Good question. So there are some strong points to say, yeah, this really was something that he did early on in his ministry. And then he did it again at the close of his ministry. And then there are some really strong points to say, nah, this is just John. Uh, because back in those days, first century authors, biographers, uh, really weren't concerned about putting it in proper sequence, you know, and nobody cared about it. Nobody was thinking they were going to do that. They were looking at trying to say, what is the meaning behind this? And so while Luke, a Greek guy, was doing it very much, I, you know, his opening statements are he really worked hard to research this and get this thing right. I think he was looking to try to get it in a good sequence and a good chronolo chronology. John, not so much. He was trying to communicate something. And when you think about the communicating thing, the, the, the water to wine, the cleansing of the temple, and then immediately following that, the conversation with Nicodemus, the teacher of Israel, one of the key leaders of the Sanhedrin at the time. And you put those three things together, you see John is making a very strong point. So it could very well be that he took, it, he took an event that took place at the end of Jesus' ministry, put it at the front end of Jesus' ministry to, for the sake of making a point about him so that as we read along, we're able to go, oh, this is what's going on with the woman at the well. Oh, this is what's taking place with the mm. blind man, you know? Um, yeah. So it, yeah. so there is there is no answer. <laughs> it's, oh, it's man. That, yeah, all right. I mean, and really, yeah, like, it's fun to think about, but the reality is, does it matter? I mean, it doesn't really matter because it doesn't change who Jesus is and the message that he's bringing at the, at, um, to the world and, and at that moment in time. Yeah. Yep. So, um, one of the things that has kind of nibbled at me over the years studying this, which I felt like, Oh, I kind of get it now. Um, is when I look at Jesus in the temple and it says the zeal of your house consumes me, you know, like in John, that's what he says, like for the di disciples to understand what Jesus was doing at this time. Um, it just makes me think of Jesus walked in, look around, became red hot with anger and boom, he reacted. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm like, but he's God. So how is that okay? <laughs> and then I, I loved in your sermon on Sunday, you said, well, he, you know, in Mark, it talks about him doing a reconnaissance mission and he is making a point about who he is followed with our, uh, um, 
like and putting an explanation exclamation point on that with his actions Mm -hmm. so his actions were not out of anger his or you know like my anger rose to you know red hot and so i reacted it was a very calculated um purposeful confrontation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with the leaders of the day mm-hmm. yeah and and anger wrath and judgment can certainly be inferred in what's going on there because of, of how the temple courts are being misused yet the primary message is is one of uh, jesus in a very specific way seeking to get a very specific message out not just to the leaders but to all the people who were there yeah and that was something, I mean, for years, I always thought that that was a moment where Jesus just lost it, you know, but no, he wasn't doing that. He, he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and so his point was, I mean, you kind of referred to with the, with the um, water made into wine and then the clearing of the temple and then this Sunday, David is going to be, no, Brentley, Brentley is preaching <laughs> this Sunday on, um, the conversation with Nicodemus um, so that they, that the three of these stories together make a point. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the point is, is that Jesus is God. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. <laughs> right? you know, what is John, what's John's very first statement in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with right. God in the beginning, you know, his very first point is in, in, in John uh, 20, 31. I write this so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and by believing have life in his name. So all through this book, he is just trying to, trying to allow us to see how the life and teaching of Jesus um, displays the glory of God. And, and it, it's all there. I mean, I love this. this. This just jumps off the page at me when you look at um, the last part. I didn't get into talking about verses 20, um, 23 through 25. Um, I ran oh, out of time. I, know. I was looking at that too. And I was uh, like, that's um, amazing. Yeah. So let me, so, I mean, this, but, but I mean, it just, it just all connects together. So in 23, now, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many people saw the miraculous signs he was doing and believed in his name, but Jesus would not entrust himself to them for he knew all men. He did not need man's testimony about man for he knew what was in a man. Very next verse, verse three, one. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. I mean, mm-hmm. John is very intimately connecting the story of the temple to Nicodemus, saying, God, Jesus knows what's in man's heart. And by the way, everybody understood that only God knows what's in a man's heart. You go back to Samuel, you go back to Kings, you go back to the, mm-hmm. all the Old Testament, you know, uh, men judge what's on the outside, but God judges on the heart, you know. Um, so, so everyone who understood the Old Testament knows that this is a, this is a statement of, of Christ's deity here, because only God knows what's in the heart. Um, but, but, uh, but John connects it very definitively. Uh, he knew what was in a man. Now there was a man of the Pharisees. So he knows all that's going on with Nicodemus as well, which helped us understand what this conversation takes place later. And so it is all connected and it's all pointing, helping us see who Jesus is. And then, and, you know, the very next one after that, now we got John, John the Baptist testimony about Jesus. But then we go to uh, the Samaritan woman at the well. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I'm just talking too much now. <laughs> I get too excited about this stuff. <laughs> You're out of practice too. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, see, and that's one of the main, the things that I have learned as I've, 
as I've matured as a person and in my faith is it's so easy for us to dip in and out of, of the Bible, um, Mm. any book, like we can just dip in and out and be like, Oh, let's talk about the story of David. Oh, let's talk about the story of creation. Let's talk about the story of Jesus clearing the temple. And, and the reality is it's all connected, right? It's all connected. It is. There are 66 books of the Bible that are part of the same story. Yes. And so it's, I'm enjoying stepping back and seeing how the pieces create the whole. Mm, Yeah, that's beautiful. And, and then you start seeing the connections that uh, us Gentiles in the 21st century just don't get that a Jewish person in the first century would get. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I need about five and a half pages of notes to be able to give a 25 minute sermon. I had 13 pages when I was, um, finished mm-hmm. in the prep time. So there's a lot out there. And let me just share one. Can I just share one thing? Oh, you yes. 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 Please do. So, you know, the, um, uh, Brantley was not able to talk about, I was really like, Oh no. And Brantley was not able to go into, uh, Jesus's time with Nathaniel. Uh, mm-hmm. This conversation, this amazing conversation, Nathaniel says, how do you know about me? Jesus says, I saw you under the tree. And all of a sudden, Nathaniel just jumps into this thing where well, you are the son of God. You know, you are the king of Israel. And Jesus says, you think that's something? Uh, you will see the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. I bring this up in the sermon. What I didn't bring up was, you know, that takes us all the way back in Genesis 38 to uh, Jacob. And the tau, the um, Jacob's ladder, you know, the mm-hmm. angels of God ascending mm-hmm. and descending on this ladder. And uh, at the very top of it in heaven was the Lord Almighty himself. Yeah. And what, what was Jacob's comment was, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not even aware of it. Yes. And, and it is, I think, I, I would say that this is one thing John is doing is he is laying that into this as part of the, as one of the layers surely the Lord is here in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. Jesus as, as the Lord Yahweh is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. He was the word of God. The word of God, of course, came in the old Testament multiple times. And whenever the word of God came to somebody, be it Samuel or Joshua or whoever, the word of God that came to, to, uh, to that individual had anthropomorphic uh, tendencies and characteristics. The word of God came and stood the word of God came and and spoke the word of God mm-hmm. came. And, and so, so Jesus is the word of God, John chapter one, who comes and he is God almighty. And, and we did, you know, we weren't even aware of it. Hmm. You know, it's just, it's just, it's like, Whoa, man, how many times, how many times is the Lord in this place? And I'm not aware. Just, right. just blows by me because of my busyness or whatever. The case may be. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm enthralled by, um, by John's gospel and by the book that you, you know, the 66 books in here and how they're all combined together, speaking the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. Surely the Lord is here and I did not even know it. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> something to think about. <laughs> oh man. Shoot. I hope he didn't just overhear the conversation I had. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, but still, right. Like, if the Lord is in this place, then uh, my actions, my attitudes should change. Um, but that's not the point of this message. 
I'll tell you, I, I'm taking this all of all of field here. No, that's okay. Let me let me get back on to um um one of the things that I'm just trying to find my notes here. Um one of the things that we talked about on Sunday morning during our community group time was the fact that um one of the things you some of the words you use to describe the market in the yeah. temple were practical, understandable, and efficient. Yes. Which are words that we highly value in our American <laughs> culture today. <laughs> and so we started talking about that in our in our in the community group on Sunday morning. And we're like, yeah, I mean, it, it sure it just absolutely makes sense. And probably started with the best of intentions. And then you know, my point was right. And anything that we as humans start with the best of intentions always ends up corrupted. Mm. Always, mm. it always does, unless we let God be the Lord of it. Yes. Right. And mm. I think, and that was one of the points that Jesus was making like, um, I am God and I have the right to do this. And um, you have corrupted something that should be holy. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just, um, it's just hard for us to remember that, uh, you know, especially because the culture of today, the, the, um, the messages as humans, we are basically good. Right. And, and if we have good intentions, then it will all come out right in the end. And, and the Bible teaches something completely different that, you know, we're basically evil and no matter our good intentions, it will always be corrupted. It will always end up bad, no matter how good we start. Yeah, we are, we are, we are, we are um, created good, but sin nature has caused us to be bent toward ourselves, bent toward selfishness, bent toward evil. Mm. And so uh, when that is we... an important distinction, by the way. Yeah. Created, good. created good. Yeah. And we have a sinful nature. Yeah. Thank you for making that distinction. No, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and just to uh, think about the ways that, that we do get caught up in our own ideas and our own efficiency. Mm -hmm. um, I want to go back to the water jars, you know, that uh, it wasn't efficient to fill those water jars with water. Why would you do that? Well, Christ had a plan for it, you know? Mm. Um, and, and how many times in my own temple, because I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit, God lives inside of me. Mm. How many times in my own temple do I think I'm doing something that is honoring to God or is helpful to God, but in any reality could be offensive to him. And the only way for me to know it is if I take the time to hear his still small voice. Mm. But if my courtyards are filled with, um, with braying uh, sheep and uh, mooing cattle and cooing doves and people exchanging money, um, I'm not going to hear them. I'm going to be too busy mm. tied up in the stuff that I've added to my life. Yeah, that's very true. And um, I, I think one of my favorite things that you said, besides the practical, understandable, and efficient, is... Uh, is that when we ignore God's voice, hmm. he will discipline us oh, and it will feel as if he is overturning tables in us. <laughs> I was like, 
Yeah, that makes sense. Like, here are the religious leaders. Jesus is confronting them because they have been ignoring God's voice Mm -hmm. for so long that Jesus has to come in and say, look, things need to change. And I'm going to be the change agent. I -hmm. am going to change things. And it's not just going to be changed on the outside, changed on the inside. Yeah. And it's going to be disruptive and it's Mm -hmm. going to be hurtful and it's going to be something that gets our attention because you know that turning over the tables and doing what he did got the attention of the authorities. Mm -hmm. Um, He needs to get our attention sometimes and he can do that in a number of different ways. Um, But it's always motivated out of love. And that's the that's the lesson I've had to learn over the years. I still have to learn uh, multiple times a month is Mm -hmm. that his interaction with me his interaction with each of us is always motivated out of love mm-hmm. and is always extended to us in grace. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not, you know, as I think about, oh, he's just so ticked off. He's given them a piece of his mind. Oh, he's really angry at me. Oh, he, no, no. He is approaching in a way that brings about his purposes to bear in my life. And it's my response to his overturned table or his still small voice right off the bat that I, I respond to right away. It's my response that brings about the blessing, the flourishing, the fullness of life that God intends for his people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I, that's so important to remember because I think in our, in our culture, our, our culture wants to define love as accepting of everything, mm-hmm. everyone and all of their actions. Mm-hmm. And, and And Jesus said, no, you know, Jesus said, no, I love you. And I love you enough to not let you stay where you are, which is separated from my father. And I'm here to reconcile you with your father. But as a, and as a part of that reconciliation, things have to change and it will be disruptive and it will be painful. And I am with you in every part of it. And trust me in this. Even though you don't understand it, um, trust me that this is uh, what is best for you, what is best for the situation. You know, I go back to the, um, the filling of the water jars because I, I see all these three stories as being connected. Mm-hmm. Those, those servants filled those water jars for ritual purification multiple times throughout the week. And it was just, okay, fill the water. You want me to fill? Okay, I'll fill the water jars again, mm-hmm. although I don't get it. It's the apostle Peter saying, you want me to go out and put down the nets? I've been fishing all night, but because you say so, I'll go put it down the nets again. It's a familiar activity. It's something I don't see the benefit of it, but I'm going to go ahead and do it and watch what the Lord does to bring about a blessing as we follow what he tells us to do. Mm. Yes. Amen. (laughs) And I think that is a great place to start. Do you have any last, or I'm sorry, stop. (laughs) You are out of practice. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) Any last thoughts? Yeah, no, I think that's, that's really, um, that's really the thing that keeps uh, bouncing around in my mind, Michelle, is, Mm. is just to be faithful in the little things um, and to be listening to a still small voice. Uh, mm-hmm. So that I am able, I'm positioned to be able to respond in a way that is um, faithful and quick. And then when he does hit, when, when he does 
bring to mind something that I thought was honoring, but I realized isn't because we all have those. Um, to receive it as a loving statement from one who cares enough about me to bring it to mind. And his timing is always perfect, right? He's, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I may not be ready to receive an overturned table, but he waits until I'm ready to listen to it. And then he overturns the table. Okay, mm-hmm. that's helpful. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. So that, you know, that's, that, that would be the thing that I'm trying to carry with me from this. Yeah. Yeah. Be open to God's timing and God's work. There you go. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. Whether yes. you were joined us live or joined us um, on the podcast or on our blog later, we're so glad that you were here. And if you have questions, please leave comments either on the blog or on the Facebook post. Um, I read all of those and I will respond. And uh, I will be back next week with Brentley Jordan, and we will get back into our regular rhythm until the holidays <laughs> <laughs> which are around the corner <laughs> which are around the corner but i mean yeah anyway we'll see we'll have to see right. what, what the schedule holds for for all of us but we're glad that you were here yep. so thank you and have a great rest of your day all right, take care bye everybody.